Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come and join us at 10am every Sunday. Right. Better pray for him. Better pray for us. (laughs) Father, thank you for Steve. Thank you for the word that you have put in him. I pray, Lord God, that the seeds of the words that you have put in him will also come and uh, bear fruit in our hearts this morning, Lord God. I pray we we will come to hear what he says with open minds and open spirits, Lord God, to hear the word of God in Jesus' name. Bless Steve now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Morning, all. It was was quiet when I got here. There's loads of you now. (laughs) Right, is that okay? If I was really, really clever, what I'd do, Vanessa, is say, a turtle on its back, wrap that upside down, helmet of salvation, done. <laughs> but I'm not that clever, so I can't make it work. Um, <clears throat> I have, we've been doing the series of um, the armor of God, and I've got the privilege of preaching on the helmet of salvation, the turtle the right way around. And it's a real privilege. Thank you for, for allowing me to speak. It's brilliant. What I'm going to do is start by reading Ephesians <laughs> in total, um, just the bit. <laughs> Of the armor of God, therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Amazing, right? And we've been talking about all the previous bits of armor. I've got the most important one. So in terms of our armor, no one would go out without their helmet on. It would be the last piece of armor, so it's arguably the most important. No one, no soldier would go out without their helmet. I forgot my helmet. (laughs) I have gone out without my helmet on. That's the helmet of salvation, everyone. Here it is. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. So uh, yeah, yeah, this is this is it's not the helmet of salvation. I'm from the 80s, right? So in the 80s, kids were being given BMXs and skateboards, like I'll oh, be free, be free. We all ended up with concussion. We all broke our arms constantly. We all nearly died a hundred times, and it was ridiculous. It's not until sort of later than that everyone was like, ah, oh, this may be a bit dangerous. Like let's give them helmets. But in the 80s, it was like just go, oh, just go and do it. This freedom that we had. Um, then we realised actually our heads are quite delicate. And we got, we got helmets. And we went skiing recently, skiing slash snowboarding. I call it skiing loosely because I was really bad. Um, so it's been 10 years since I've skied. I haven't skied that much anyway. And I'm 10 years older and four stone fatter. Um, thinking that I'm 25 and I can go and ski, I lasted two days before I hit the deck hard. And there's not much snow in Europe either, so the ground's pretty solid. So I haven't told anyone about this because I'm really brave, but I, I think I've hurt a rib. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I like, I keep, I keep it to myself. No, I haven't, I haven't. I, it doesn't hurt when I laugh anymore. Um, but I, I, I should have, I should have brought, so I bought this second hand because I'm really tight. So I bought this, um, you shouldn't buy a helmet second hand, but I bought a helmet second hand and it protected my head. I should have worn the breastplate of righteousness, which would have protected my chest. Amen. Don't pick that up, it's really smelly. (laughs) 
Paul's frame of reference when he speaks about the armor is the Roman soldiers. That's what he sees. You know, we've, um, I think Vicky talked wonderfully about the shields, and we've had various others as well. And his frame of reference, what he's referring to, is the Roman soldiers, because those are the helmets that he sees. Um, and the Roman soldiers, their helmets were kind of made out of either bronze or iron or leather or a mixture of the three. <laughs> you right there? <laughs> Good. <laughs> and, wow. And... Um, there were different styles for different ranks. So have you ever seen the plume of heathers on the Roman, on the Roman soldiers' helmets? So those were sort of legionnaires or maybe a bourbon. Um, and it was their identity, but also their protection. You can see where this is going. So the helmet, yeah, helmet offered two functions. It was their safety and it was their identity. The helmet is the most important piece of armor and protection. It's the last thing you put on. You could argue, obviously, it goes on from there. Ephesians goes on from there to talk about... Um, the sword and about prayer, but the helmet is that final piece of protection. And like the Roman soldiers, our helmet of salvation provides the Christian soldier with their identity and safety in Christ. And Paul was writing to Christians, so he was assuming that everyone he's writing to is saved. The helmet of salvation. So what is salvation? Thanks for asking, Dave. It's all right, Steve. It's all right no worries. This is my favorite bit to talk about. Salvation. Salvation is everything, Right? So for those of us in this room who are saved believers, who are born-again Christians, who are safe in the knowledge of Christ, we are saved Christians. We constantly, or try to, wear that helmet of salvation. The Bible talks over and over again about what salvation is. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth of the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ephesians 2, for it is by grace you have been saved through, saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Acts 4, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. John three sixteen and 17, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This morning we've been singing, Blessed Redeemer, you have set this captive free. Faultless, stand before the throne. Freely he gave it all for us. Rescue the world, this is our God. All these amazing songs, we know what salvation is. But some of us might not. Salvation is God's rescue mission. I think we were talking about it this morning. I'm sure I've heard the word rescue. A rescue from our sin. God created everything. Mankind is born into sin. Jesus came into the world to die for our sins. And the only way to heaven is through him. The four fundamentals for me as Christianity. There are some secondary things along the way, but ultimately that's it. Jesus came and rescued us from our sin. It's amazing. Like Bruce Willis coming down. I've used Bruce Willis before. Sorry, Jesus. Bruce Willis coming down and rescuing those. And you're not going to not put your hand out. Why would you not put your hand out? We know people don't. But why would you not put your hand out? And take it. Take Jesus' hand. It's just incredible, and that's what salvation is. For those that don't know or those that want to know more, come and ask one of us. Come, and get, come to Alpha. If you've got those massive questions, Dave will answer them. <laughs> <laughs> but why a helmet? Why a helmet? Why a separate piece of armor for our salvation? It doesn't make sense. If this is all done for us, if salvation is paid for, if it's constant, why is this listed as a separate piece of armor that we have to take up? Something's wrong there, right? Why do we need that? Haven't we got our salvation fully? Philippians 2.12 Therefore, my dear friends, have you always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, 
Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Continue to work out your salvation. Salvation is a one-time thing, a one-off free gift. Everybody that is saved is forever saved. That's the Bible truth. There's nothing you can do to give it away. If we could lose our salvation, we would. Right? If we could lose our salvation, we would. I 100% would. And most of us would. Salvation is paid for. It's done. But the Bible also tells us, and again, it's Paul writing, to continue to work out our salvation. So there's this journey for the rest of our lives to continue to work out what does that look like? What does that mean? What does that look like in my life? What do I have to do? As Christians in the West now, we, don't, we haven't got the same sort of pure persecutions in our life, have we? We're pretty free to be Christians. We're not, you know, in the third world or in countries where either religion is banned or other religions are more prevalent, they are facing persecution. We don't have that many. We've talked last week about the changes that are happening in the UK, changes that are happening in the Western world, but as a general rule, I'm not going to go to jail for being a Christian. I'm not going to go to jail for even preaching on the street, hopefully. Depends on what I say. But we're still in a battle, and we always will be until the end. Once we gave our life to Christ, we are the enemy's enemy. We are enemies of the devil. And that's massive. That's actually quite real, isn't it? And I think sometimes we probably underestimate that. We are free in Christ, but we have the rest of this short time on earth left to live until we meet Jesus in heaven, until we're in glory in heaven. But in this little gap here right now, we are enemies of the enemy. Yes, we're free in Christ, but that looks different on a daily basis to us, doesn't it? Doubt, anxiety, worry, debt, illness, all these sort of things that creep in. And as Christians, where are we most susceptible to attack? In the West, in our mind, right there. I'm not, I don't have to go out there and worry about my life being taken. I don't have to worry about um, someone shooting me or putting a gun to my head because I'm a Christian. But the enemy is shrewd and he attacks right there. He puts those niggling doubts in. He puts those thoughts in. You're not good enough. Your prayers aren't going to be answered. You're not doing enough for Christ. You're not faithful enough. Are you sure this Jesus is real? Constant doubts of the enemy that seep into our heads. And this is true, right? We do live our lives this way. We would love to be the most forthright Christians in the world, going out there and living this holy life. Take up your cross and follow me. Fantastic, I'll go out there into the, into the third world and preach about Christ. Mm, we don't. It's a difficult journey, and it looks different to us, and we shouldn't, be, we shouldn't feel guilty that we don't face these same persecutions, but the enemy attacks our mind, not just with our salvation, but with all these other things. He does also doubt our salvation. And if he can get a Christian to doubt their salvation, they will never be fruitless for Christ. If someone doubts their salvation, they will never be fruitless for Christ. You will never bring anyone along on the journey with you. The enemy hates this. Hates this. Hates that we are a saved believer. He has lost the ultimate battle with us, but he's going to make sure you don't bring anyone along with you. We've got a helmet. We've got a helmet. And as we shout to Alex on a regular basis, as he goes, it actually doesn't mountain bike anymore. When he did mountain bike, when he was not as lazy as he is now, put your helmet on. Put your helmet on. Because we know this truth. We know this righteousness. We know who Christ is. We know what was done for us. We know this. But as soon as we take that helmet off, as soon as we're not shrouded in Christ, everything seeps in. How do we put the helmet back on? Prayer. 
Worship. I've seen so many tears and hands in the air this morning. I love it. Worship. When, we are worship, when we're worshipping at our fullest, not just, not just singing a song, but worshipping God, can the enemy get into your mind then? Absolutely not. When we're praying, when we're praying intently to God, can the enemy get in then? No way. When we're in a collective group amongst each other, as a church or as a Bible group, can the enemy get in and infiltrate that conversation? No. When we're reading our Bible, when we're studying it, when we're just looking at these verses and, and digging into to what they actually mean, can the enemy infiltrate them? No. But in our daily life, it's real, isn't it? In our daily life, when we're out there and we're amongst non-Christians and you know, those sort of things, of course the enemy will infiltrate. The things that we watch, the, the people that we talk to, the things that we listen to, the things that we read, all opportunities for the enemy to feed doubt. You're not good enough to tell someone about Christ. What if they laugh at you? What if they tell you you're deluded? What if they tell you you're wrong? What do I do then? Put on the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation, because it is described as this thing that's taken off. It doesn't take our salvation off. But when we're shrouded in this protection of the helmet of salvation, we, as individuals and collectively, can do great things. And here's the brilliant bit. Here's the funny bit about it all. My analogy was the film Titanic. Bear with me. I knew what was going to happen at the end of Titanic, right? That ship is going to sink. I knew it. Pamela, I knew it before I watched it. (laughs) And a lot of films, a lot of films about the true um, things that have happened, a lot of the war films. I I know who wins, right? (laughs) Helen was like, you can't give this analogy. So the film title, I know the ending. Here, right now, with Christ, we know what the ending is. We know who's won. It doesn't stop the battle being any more real now, here on earth, in our time here. But we know that the ending is done. Christ has paid for it. The Bible promises us that. Over and over again. And yes, there's a battle here on earth. And yes, we're going to struggle. Yes, we'll get anxious. Yes, we'll get worried. Yes, we'll deal with illness. All these sort of things. But ultimately, at the end of it, the battle is won. The enemy has no say in that. It is done. I heard a great analogy, which is better than my Titanic one. Which is about a chess game. I'm not very good at chess, but I can. Once 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 you place checkmate, the game is done. You can keep on playing, actually. So the enemy's like... I want to keep on playing. I want to keep on playing. I want to keep making moves. And you can on a chessboard. You can keep making moves. But checkmate's done. It's done. He's lost forever. And we need to live in that righteousness and that truth. And I speak to myself as much as anyone here, because we don't do it. We have moments. We have moments where our life is lifted high on Christ. Sunday mornings in worship, amazing. Bible group, amazing. Alpha, amazing random times we want to live in it 24 7 he knows we can't and that was the whole point of sending a savior in the first place we can't we're not good enough it's okay but the more that we can try and put that helmet on as much as possible the better our lives will be the richer our lives will be in christ and for me more importantly the more people that we will drag on this wonderful journey with us collectively as a church imagine if we lived with that helmet of salvation truly on the amount of people that we would, without fear, go out there and say, Jesus died. Mr. Lee, he keeps coming into my head, Mr. Lee. Neil's Mr. Lee, who I thought was Chinese, by the way, he's not. <laughs> it's 50-50, isn't it? 
<laughs> Mr. Lee, who went out there and said, Jesus died for you to Neil's father. That's it. We don't hold on to this faith. We don't hold on to this salvation and think, it's my ball, I'm going to play with it. Actually, we have a duty to go out there and tell as many people as we can in whatever way we can. Whether it's just through preaching the word, whether it's through a loving act of jigsaw, whether it's through the debt center, whether it's through limelight, whether it's through top zone. In whatever way that we can as individuals or as a church to go out there and spread this word as much as we possibly can. Jesus will do the rest. The Holy Spirit will do the rest. We can't force someone. There's no magic pill. There's no magic button. But we can explain what it is. But without that smelly helmet of salvation that I have. Without the helmet of salvation, we can't do it. They're just kind of words, or we haven't got the strength in the first place. Put on the helmet of salvation, because everything that we are comes from that, wrapped in that glory of God, in that wonderful glory. I'll scream it to Alex, and I'll scream it to you, and I'll scream it to me. Put on your helmet. Amen. Amen.